I want to introduce you guys to a very special uh, speaker today. Her name is uh, Esther. I just want to say my wife's going to speak about kingdom attitude. And if there's one person that I know have had to make decisions to choose her attitude often and does that with such grace and humility, it is her. So I look forward to you know, hearing what she's got to say. And uh, I know it's going to be a blessing to all of us. And thank you for giving me a break. If you don't know me, I'm Esther, and I'm so privileged to be here with you this morning. And um, I am just super pumped to share with you this message. So if you haven't been, if you weren't here last week, and if you didn't listen to Ryan's message about kingdom marriage, do yourself a favor, listen to it on our podcast. It is on our app. It will, if you follow it, change your marriage, you know. And um, it's really, it was, it was great. So I want to start this morning a little different We're going to pray together, but I want you to pray after me. So let's just close our eyes as we pray. So I'll pray and you pray after me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Open my ears to hear your voice. I'm ready to change. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's always good when we just make that confession, you know, mainly for ourselves. So. If you, maybe you didn't know, before we moved to the mighty town of Crowley in South Africa, we, me and JJ, we used to preach or minister to students. Students meaning people who study on the university campus. So we had a, a student congregation of about 900 students. And one thing I do know is that you have to be on top of your game, otherwise you lose them. So, um, and then I re- when, I, when I was thinking about today, I was like, we have a big challenge over here as well in our church. And our challenge is these seats. They're way too comfortable. Last week, there was someone here, one of my friends for the first time. And she was like, man, these seats. I'm like, I know, right? And um, they're horrible because they want to make you sleep. So um, I want to get you today to be out of your comfort zone and try and stay awake, even though you've been tempting, you've tempted the whole time to just, you know, sink into your seat. Um, so with uh, something like uh, to preach with me, right? And I know if some of you would be like, never in a million years will I say something out loud, you'll have to pay me. I will pay you later, like I said. Um, you can, it can sound like this, like snap. <laughs> you know, if something spoke to you, you can be like, oh, snap, man. Or it could be like, amen, sister. <laughs> I'm just, don't say that. <laughs> Don't ever call me sister. (laughs) I'm not your sister. Um, I'm your mother. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I'm the queen of bad jokes. I will gather myself shortly. All right. It could be anything. It could be like, ouch, or yeah, baby, whatever you want to say. Just preach with me. Um, Today we are speaking about kingdom attitude. And like Jay just said, this is um, one of the things that are close to my heart and um, we, you like you know, we're in a kingdom series called the Kingdom of God. And um, this is just one of the areas that we you know, need to change in. So <clears throat> I want to read you a quote from John Maxwell. He says, your attitude is one of the single most defining attributes of your leadership. Now, many times people read quotes and we don't know who they are. <laughs> you know, the people we're quoting. So if you don't know John Maxwell, he wrote about 70 books on leadership. He sold 20, more than 20 million copies, and his books are translated in 50 languages. So I'm taking what he's saying to heart, you know, 
If you want to challenge that, just show me your books and we can have a conversation. <laughs> um, well, I, some people, I would argue, almost have the spiritual gifts of complaining. We'll, we'll find anything to complain about. We'll complain about the weather. Oh man, it is so hot. It is so cold. When is it going to rain? When is the rain going to stop? It is so humid. <laughs> I've said that more in my life in the last two years than ever before. It is so freaking humid. Many would, um, um, if you would agree with me, there's almost an epidemic of negativity. So easy to be negative. We complain about people's driving. What? Did you see that? <laughs> we complain about fast food taking too long. I mean, you place the order at the little speaker thing. You drive for about, what, 20 seconds maybe. Go to the window, pay. It takes about two minutes. And then you wait like a, a whole two minutes. And everyone's like, what's taking so long? I've been here like five minutes. Complaining about everything. Open the refrigerator, looking at a full of food. Like, ah, there's nothing to eat. Putting on the television, 112 channels, saying there's nothing to watch. Maybe you've experienced this, standing in front of your closet, touching your clothes and saying, I've got nothing to wear. <laughs> oh, my soul, I'm so guilty of that one. <laughs> I've got nothing to wear. It's amazing how blessed we can be, yet how ungrateful we often are. So by nature, I'm not a grateful person. I, I'm, I'm just not. By nature, I want more. I want it now. <laughs> I want bigger. I want better. I want faster. And I really don't want to wait. I go, okay, I, I don't want faster. I don't really care for faster. But some people might be like, yeah, I want faster, you know, the next. Maybe it's just internet speed. <laughs> and not a car, but, you know, generally speaking about it and something you drive. Experts say that gratitude is the value that unlocks so many other positive values. Gratitude makes you generous. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Gratitude makes you encouraging and makes you thankful. It's really true that gratitude opens your eyes. It really opens your eyes. I want to read you a piece out of Luke 17, verse 11 to 19. It says, as Jesus continued onwards towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So if you know anything about people that had leprosy, it's um, when someone would walk by them, they would shout, unclean, we're unclean, don't come close to us. Almost like if you have COVID these days, you're like, wait, keep your distance, just stay there, don't come close. Or if you came in contact with someone, you're like, ah, maybe, maybe, you just stay there. Um, same idea, just way worse. Their bodies would literally ooze with sores. I mean, yeah. and uh, at any time, they could lose a limb, something could fall off of their bodies. It's really horrible. They, were, they lived with constant rejection, being rejected from the moment they got diagnosed, if we would say it like that. No hug, no nothing. So when they saw Jesus, 
they just all had a glimmer of hope. Like, maybe he could heal me. Maybe he could change my situation. So what happened is Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. That's amazing. One of them, when he saw that they were healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. I can just imagine him being like, oh my greatness, like praise Jesus. You know, I am healed. It was a big thing. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he'd done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 more or 10 men? Where are the other nine? As no one returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What I see from this is that we always have a choice if we're going to be grateful. You always have a choice. So I'm going to share with you this morning three statements that will help you choose gratitude. Our kingdom attitude. (laughs) It's got a rhyme to it. You have to say it. (laughs) So number one. I know every good thing I have come from God. It's a whole different way of living. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. It's to change the way that you live. By putting your focus on God and what He did, someone might ask you, how are you doing? Well, better than I deserve. Life is good. But many would go and say, well, I don't know if I could say that everything good comes from God because, you know, I really worked hard for this. I mean, I worked for this. Honestly, I've earned this. I went to work. I didn't see no Jesus went to work for me. (laughs) I was there every single day, slaving away. (laughs) But it's when you realize that you couldn't even go to work without the abilities that God gave you that you realize every good thing, every good gift comes from God. He gave you those abilities. I don't know if you saw on Facebook this week that Joy, my oldest, was chosen to um, to be Jennings Elementary Student of the Year. Thank you. (laughs) So we are so super proud um, of it. I didn't even know that existed until a week ago. But um, (laughs) um, we're just very proud of her. So the morning she went to school, she phoned me and she she told me. And I told her, I'm so proud of you because you worked so hard. And then I told her, Joy, you know what? We have to thank God because he is the one who gave you these abilities. He is the one that made you this way, that you are able to work hard, that you're able to, um, you know, achieve these things. And not even your great personality, you had nothing to do with that. God gave it to you. Every good gift comes from God. It's a, it's a whole different way of living. God is the giver of all good things. God gave Noah a plan. And he built the ark, right? And he saved his family. But God gave him the plan. God gave the Israelites bread from heaven in the morning and he gave them fire by night. God gave us the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to convict us, to guide us, to counsel us. God gave us his word to direct you. It's really awesome. He gives us health to bless us. Every good gift comes from God. 
Number two, I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. I'm going to read it again. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. <laughs> that, that's a good one. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 6 verse 9 says, Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. This is so challenging. Gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. Gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. And many times we just have to look around so that you can see what you have. So that it can influence your attitude. <laughs> many times we, I tell, well, both of us, we tell our children, adjust your attitude. <laughs> so I'm just experiencing that God is telling us, adjust your attitude. Um, we can't live with an attitude of entitlement. <laughs> we have to live like we do not, um, when we live like we do not appreciate what we have, we will never be satisfied. If we take what we have for granted, if we expect it to be a certain way, you will not have the kingdom attitude of gratitude. It's not possible. Have you ever been on a mission trip? If you haven't, I encourage you to go on one. You don't have to go far. You can go far, but <laughs> you don't have to. Going on a mission trip will open your eyes and help you be grateful if you're struggling. Especially when you go to an area, a place, a country that has less than you, that are poorer. In the week, I was speaking to this uh, a group of people in a shop, random group of people that I don't know. Happens quite a lot. If you have an accent, happens every time you go somewhere. <laughs> You'll walk and they'll be like, hey, you're not from here. I'm like, well, you have good ears. <laughs> you are right. I'm not from here. And um, so it's easy for me, actually, in this time of our lives, to share the gospel or to share about our church, because people normally ask, why did you move here to Louisiana, small town Crowley? You know, then I have an opportunity. Anyway, so the same thing happened. They asked, <clears throat> asked us, why did we move? Where did we move from? And I told him, and he's like, I knew you were from South Africa. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he said, yes, I used to work there for two years. I was like, no way. And, you know, we had a little conversation. He used to work um, in Johannesburg, uh, one of the big cities in South Africa. And um, so there was more people in this conversation. And the one guy asked him, so, um, you know, what is the one thing that was different? And what is the one thing you brought back home? You know, they always ask these things. And uh, so the guy said, well, honestly, I can say it made me more grateful. And the other guy was like, uh, okay, you know, like, it's fine. And he said, he told me, you know, you are grateful when you realize that you have, what you, when you realize what you have. When you walk around and you see people living in tin shacks, houses that are built from tin, that don't have electricity, that don't have running water, that have one outside toilet that a lot of people share. And he said, that just shook him. 
and it opened his eyes to what he has. And that is what it will do. It will help you get that attitude of gratitude. So before we moved here um, to America, we lived in Cape Town in South Africa, and we were in, a, I guess, around three-year drought where it did not rain. It was really so bad where there was a day zero. A day zero meaning a day where the taps would run dry, where there would be a date, 19 December. That's the day there would be no more water in the taps. I mean, <laughs> that's a different way of living when you realize every, there is no rain, there is no water, and we have to do whatever we have to do so we can what do you call it, not have a day zero. So sometimes it would rain a little bit, day zero would move a, a week, but it would still be there. So now day zero is Christmas Day, 25th of December. As a family, you, or you had an allowance of water, right? You had 13 gallons of water per day for a family of four. So you had 52 gallons of water, we six, we still had only 52 gallons, if you went over your allowance, you would get fined. Water gets so expensive that you can't afford it. If you ever have time, we can tell you a great story about that. Not today. Um, <laughs> about paying way too much for water. Um, yeah, if you've ever paid around, I don't know, $6,000 for water, you can come tell me. A month. A month. Um, dollars. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a great story to tell you. <laughs> um, so just to give you some perspective, one load of laundry uses 41 gallons of water. So we have about 60 gallons. Oh no, what did I say? 52 gallons of water, right? One load of laundry, 41 gallons of water. One flush of the toilet, just one, you know, 1.6 gallons of water. Doesn't sound that much. <laughs> they say the, uh, the average American shower uses 17 gallons of water. So put all those three things together, you get to 60 gallons. That's one flush, one load of laundry, and one person showering. We're six. <laughs> we have a million loads of laundry. <laughs> that I can tell you, there's always a mountain. I don't know. They say, God will be with you, but so will your laundry. <laughs> Oh my goodness, you always have to climb that mountain every single week, never ends. So we showered like, I don't know, three times a week. The kids really just bathed once a week, but they loved it. <laughs> they were like, when we moved here, so we have to bath every day. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so when we showered, we showered in, a, like, in the shower in a bucket. When we took a bath, you left the water in there because you used that water again to flush your toilet. You dare not flush a toilet with clean water. I'll tell you that. Use that water to do our laundry. Because we have to save water. We all have to work together to not get to day zero. In the public restrooms, all the water was cut off in the taps. So you would go to a public restroom, you would open the tap, there's nothing, nowhere. If in, also, in the public restrooms, there would be these papers, you know, when you sit on the toilet at the back of the door, and they would have these things you can 
Zeroff, normally with a number, phone this person, and I've never seen it over here, but <laughs> come to think of it. But um, there would be these pieces of paper, and it would say, don't flush. So if you use the toilet, you tear off. Next person, don't flush. And if you're lucky, you're the fourth one. Flush! Yes! I can flush. <laughs> or if you're really lucky, you're the person that goes next. <laughs> After the previous person flushed the toilet. I know. If your business used water, well... It was a tough time because you couldn't. If you had a car wash, if you had a building business. So when we moved here, I mean, if you met me in the beginning, when those taps were running the way most Americans washes their dishes, my heart would be like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like just too much. Um, I was so grateful for running water. Because it meant I can do wash my dishes without stress. Mm. Have you ever washed your dishes stressing? There's many things in life I can do stressing, but I mean, I hated washing my di- dishes while I have to stress. Like, can I use a little bit more water? You know, how can I save water by doing the dishes? Okay, let's do this. this. I could wash my dishes with stress-free dish washing. <laughs> um, Being grateful turns whatever you have into enough. We think it's a cliche saying thank you for for running water. Thank you for electricity. But oh man, when you don't have it, it will change your perspective. Well, praise God, it has rained. If you're still stressing about the people in South Africa, it has rained and there's enough water. Day zero has been cancelled. All is well. But uh, um, it took a whole country to come together and pray for rain. It's not happy people who are grateful. It is grateful people who are happy. Yeah, that's a snap. (laughs) Think about what you have. If you make minimum wage in this country, you are earning 32 times more than the average um, wage of half the people alive. You make 32 times more. Not just the people in Crowley, Louisiana, the USA, the world. 32 times more. It's all about perspective and how we live. About having that kingdom attitude of gratitude. If you don't live with gratitude, you will never be content. That's so true. It's all about your perspective. You will never be happy with where you find yourself. You'll always chase that next thing. The better whatever. It's like Gray. He's three, my son. I mean, geez. He's ne- <laughs> he gets the toy. He moves on from it. Like that's old news. He wants the next one. He eats a chocolate, and after he ate it, forgets that he just ate one. Moves on to the next one. Wants the next one. But he's three. Yeah, sure, we have to teach him. And we have to tell him, dude, be grateful what you have. You have enough. So many times. If you don't adjust your attitude, you will live like that, like that three-year-old boy, and never... Be satisfied with where you are. 
you'll never be able to live with contentment, enjoying where you are. 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 to 10 says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with so many sorrows. It's not saying money is evil. Just note that. It's saying the love of money. And also, I'm not saying you can't have dreams and pursue things and have desires. and That's not what this is about at all. It's about an issue of our hearts. It's what's going on inside of here. We have to count our blessings and not our cash. Money will buy you a bed, but it won't buy you sleep. Money will buy you a house, but it won't buy you a peaceful home. Man, that is so true. You can have all the money in the world in the biggest house, but if you're not content with where you're at, if you don't change your attitude, money will buy you medicine, but it won't buy you health. Money will buy you all the amusement. I mean, that's really one thing you can really buy. (laughs) All the amusement. (laughs) But it won't buy you happiness. It can buy you a relaxing vacation. Oh, man. Sure can. But it won't buy you a forever home in heaven. Only God can do that. The third statement that you can live by is, I will turn every blessing into praise. And this challenged me because a long time ago, I was like, man, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that every blessing comes from God? Because I kind of felt like some of those blessings I orchestrated myself. (laughs) You know, know? but I realized (laughs) every blessing comes from God. And we have to turn those blessings into praise because if we don't, pride creeps into our hearts with us without us even noticing. It just makes a little home in your heart and you walk in pride and you think, man, I can do this. I don't need God. Psalm 63 verse 4, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. I will praise God as long as I live, changing my attitude, praising him in the morning. Thank you, Lord, I am awake, not taking it for granted, not expecting it to be that way. Thank you, my children are healthy. Thank you for my children. What, there's so many things to be thankful for. Praising God, lifting up your hands, praising Him. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. Every blessing I will turn into praise. And I'm not saying you have to walk around like this all day. <laughs> you can, but you don't have to. But it's a change of attitude. Psalms 103 verse 1 to 4. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. Man. And heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. 
My youth is renewed like the eagles. And we are not just speaking about this because it's Thanksgiving week. Maybe, you know, gave her the hint, but (laughs) it is not just for this week and the Christmas season. Someone asked me the other day, so do you celebrate Thanksgiving in South Africa? I said, well, I'm going to give you a moment. I'm not going to say anything. And then you can ask me that question again. And uh, obviously we don't celebrate Thanksgiving in South Africa. (laughs) It's an American thing. But we do give thanks to God for what he has done in our lives. So I want to give us a moment this morning to just sit, you and God sit, and just look inward. Look at yourself. Ask yourself, am I living with an attitude of gratitude in this kingdom um, attitude? Am I living this way? You know, listening to sermons every Sunday is awesome. But if I don't apply it, Man, we have to apply the word of God. And if we don't have a moment to just make that decision, we walk out of here and we forget. We forget so fast. We think, man, I'm going to change my life. And then we just walk out and forget. If you realize that you've not been living this way, say you're sorry, repent. Repentance means changing the way you think to align with the word of God. So I'm going to stop speaking now and you just have a moment with God. in our lives, God. Thank you that you love us and that you know exactly what's going on in our hearts. Father, I pray that we will change the way we think so that we can change the way we live. Lord, may we be grateful people, people that live with this kingdom attitude of gratefulness, not expecting things to be a certain way. And Lord, may the way we live be an example to people around us. Come show us in our everyday lives where we are starting to take things for granted. Where we are not living with this thankfulness attitude. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for paying the price for our sins. Jesus, we love you so much. Holy Spirit, we invite you today to come and walk with us. Speak to us in the week. Remind us of the things we chose today because we choose today to adjust our attitudes. I pray for your peace to enter our hearts and our minds so that we can be at peace with where we find ourselves. Maybe you find yourself in this place where you haven't given your life to God. You're not part of this kingdom yet. 
where Jesus is not the Lord and Savior of your life. You've never been born again. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. And you know, like we always say, it's as easy as ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner and you have fallen short of the glory of God, that you can't save yourself. Believe that Christ alone came to bear your sin, your shame, and your guilt. And then confess Him as your Lord and Savior. He did it all. The only thing we have to do is take that step and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe in you and what you did for me. See if there's anyone here this morning that wants to make that decision. I would love to pray with you. You can raise your hand if you are making that decision today. Thank you, Lord, that you are such a good God. Thank you that you saved us and that you laid your life down for us. And Lord, may you be glorified in our lives. May you be on the throne of our hearts and may that be so evident to people around us we love you we praise your name i pray that in jesus name amen